Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert program, Phase 1 to Invisalign, Early Planning for Efficient and Effective Teen Treatment with Invisalign with Dr. Gary Brigham. It is now my distinct pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Dr. Gary Brigham. Dr. Brigham owns and operates a successful orthodontic practice in Scottsdale, Arizona. He has a distinguished career, career in orthodontics that spans more than 22 years. Dr. Brigham's expertise includes professional clinical instruction, practical application, and management. He has served as an assistant professor of pediatric medicine and as a postdoctoral fellow at the Center of Craniofacial Anomalies at the University of Illinois Medical Center. Dr. Brigham is a graduate of Case Western University, BA, School of Dentistry, and School of Orthodontics. Dr. Brigham has been recognized as an Invisalign elite provider and has been treating Invisalign patients in his practice since 1999. So without further ado, I'll turn the program over to Dr. Brigham. Dr. Brigham, you now have the floor. Thank you so much. It's a, truly a pleasure and a privilege to be sharing my Invisalign experience with everyone across the country. Before I begin, I'd certainly like to thank and extend my gratitude to Gideon Davis, David Molman, Jerry Chia, and the rest of the Invisalign marketing staff, as well as Therese with Intercom. Uh, I've been speaking for Invisalign or on behalf of Invisalign for the uh, past seven years. Uh, I was privileged enough to uh, present the keynote address uh, on Invisalign Teen at the summit in 2008, and recently uh, presented a truncated version of Phase 1 to Invisalign at the recent summit in 2010. I, although I'm not a, uh, part of the Speakers Bureau for Invisalign, I've been speaking for the past seven years. Uh, before I begin, I'd always begin my presentations giving, uh, extending my gratitude and thanks to Bob Boyd, Randy Womack, Ken Fisher, and the rest of the advisory board. These are the people that did all the hard work that made it possible uh, to shorten the learning curve for myself and all the rest of us orthodontists to really enjoy our Invisalign experience. I think uh, as an average orthodontist, the reason why I've been speaking with Invisalign is simply because I've accumulated so many teen cases right from the get-go when Invisalign was first introduced. And at the very beginning, um, I first of all have to extend uh, the statements and views and opinions expressed in the program related, just giving our due to the attorneys to make sure that Invisalign clarifies it. These are my own opinions. So let me, I'm here to share my story, and so let the uh, games begin. At the very beginning, when I first became certified, I really didn't embrace Invisalign. It was more of the opposite. Invisalign sort of embraced me. And I was very surprised to find that the, some of the first patients through the door were actually Invisalign teens that had heard about the uh, product, and they were actually seeking it out. And so I'd say probably 80% of my initial cases were simply cases that had already been treated orthodontically and were relapsed for one reason or another. And this was a typical example of how I got involved with Invisalign. Uh, this was a lateral tongue thrust that caused some uh, problems with the patient. And at this particular point in time, I knew that Invisalign was capable of one movement, and that was simply tipping teeth. And so simple cases like this were working out for me. And as I began to gain more confidence, I started tackling cases that had some minor space closure. And uh, at this point, and you can see the year 2000, I first learned that you can treat patients uh, way outside of the perimeter of your practice. This patient would lived 170 miles. I was attending the University of Arizona. And I was only able to see her once every, uh, about three times a year. And this case worked out for me. So as I gained more experience, I, I loaded up the truck with any opportunity I had for diastomy cases because I thought Invisalign handled them very well. 
And since there's so many of them because of the plethora of uh, dysmorphic lateral incisors, they're good to carry back to the general dentist so that they can put their restorative um, uh, treatment to the uh, lateral incisors. So these cases worked out very well for me, and they invariably brought in additional teen Invisalign cases. And then as time went on, I started tackling more uh, midline discrepancies, uh, occasional rotations, and um, I was able to tackle some space uh, requirements too. And once again, these cases seemed to work out fairly well for me. So at, at this particular point in time, I was really pretty much involved with Invisalign uh, teen. And to the point where, uh, for the first time in the past three years, I've been surprised to find that cases that had completely finished their orthodontic treatment would come right into the office and uh, ask for Invisalign to see if Invisalign could improve the result. Now, this was a very difficult class three for the orthodontist, and I think got the best result that he could under the circumstances. But by this time, I knew that Invisalign could be of benefit to this case. So in, in just uh, another short 16 months, the patient was able to have a very reasonable Invisalign result. Now, I've been told that uh, the audience is really looking for a little bit more in detail. Although this isn't an excursion about how to conduct your ClinChecks, what I'm doing is providing the, all my ClinCheck uh, dialogues so that you can go back and just review it to see if this could be a benefit for you. But these were my ClinChecks, the four comments. Uh, that I used to get that case into uh, alignment. And then I always loved any teen patient that walked in the office that was missing teeth because that takes the cooperation equation totally out. And so you can, it's guaranteed because they're more than happy to wear these things because uh, those uh, spaces are filled in uh, and it allows them to walk around with a tooth in their mouth. So uh, this is where you can find out what, not only what you can do with Invisalign, but you can find out just the extent of what the, the product can do for you in your, in your practice. And here he is with his final uh, implant and his restoration. And then this is, back in 2004, this was when I really realized that this is something that I really had to get engaged with because this patient uh, had gone through a series of orthodontists looking for just one answer, Invisalign, Invisalign only. And I can understand why she was um, uh, rejected uh, as an Invisalign candidate because of the way the situation was with missing a lateral incisor and that small peg-shaped lateral on the patient's left. But we embarked on an Invisalign excursion, and this was the first time when I started putting my own composite buildup so that the patient can get an idea of what the possibilities would be uh, on that up the left lateral incisor. And here she is, finished case, and here she is with a, a veneer on that lateral incisor over my buildup, and... Uh, the, the final implant and the crown. This girl changed my life, and you can see the year, it was 2000. It was a patient that walked in and with her parents said, whatever you do, you cannot put any fixed appliances on that are going to show because that will interfere with her recording career. So I'm thinking, all right. The problem was that she had a, class, a, a strong class two skeletal malocclusion. So I embarked on uh, a situation where uh, in, a, in a phase one mode to distort the dental alveolar component in an anterior-posterior dimension on the lower by using a removable, a series of removable sagittal appliances, two screws. On the upper, it was just simply a matter of using a retainer with finger springs to just collect the maxillary four interiors, then get her into 
a NANCE type appliance and start serial deciduous extractions, which is critical to every phase one case. You want to make sure that, or if you can, ensure that the posterior teeth come in a symmetrical manner because it'll really help embellish your cases and make them run smoothly. So at this particular point, before I pull the trigger on taking out of the first bicuspids, remounted the case to make sure that you still had that class two and that we were still working on the horizontal component uh, as well as a, a vertical component of this class three. And at this point, we took out the upper first molars, upper uh, primary, I mean, I'm sorry, upper first bicuspids. And then when the second bicuspids came in, we relieved the patient of the NANS and we just let her continue to settle in. And she, here she is ready for her Invisalign experience. And after 14 short months, she had a very reasonable result, and it was the first time I took out upper first bicuspids and was able to achieve a class one canine relationship at the very early uh, start of my career in Invisalign. That changed everything for me, because from that point I, I took a look and realized that that wasn't very much work for me, and it changed my whole viewpoint of how I was going to approach Invisalign. So from that point on, I had a renewed focus on early treatment. And so at that point, each young patient that came to my office was now viewed as a potential candidate for Invisalign. And so the challenge was simply to ensure the, the viability of the candidacy throughout the phase one experience. So phase one to Invisalign is not a treatment protocol. It's simply a strategy. And the purpose of the strategy is to develop what literally constitutes a farm system of optimal Invisalign team candidates. And so the challenge is to control the circumstances throughout the phase one experience such that teen Invisalign is relatively effortless, efficient, and maximally profitable. Now the phase one general treatment objectives are the same as they've always been for any orthodontist that's treating phase one. You want to address the scale of malocclusions during the patient's pubescent growth period. You want to create any needed space, either through expansion or extraction. You want to develop and create arch width harmony and get rid of the cross bites and the rotations establish anterior guidance, which is critical throughout the entire treatment process, and to accomplish now what cannot be readily accomplished later with the least amount of appliances. And the appliances that are used are, are the ones that are, everyone uses throughout the country, any orthodontist. But they have to be simple, both in technique and in use. They have to be effective in accomplishing the goal. And they have to involve minimal appointments, both in terms of time and in frequency. Now, would you, would you consider this an Invisalign candidate? Well, without exaggeration, believe it or not, after a, that turned my head, I started looking at children at this age. And here she comes in with a, a crossbite, and the crossbites created a mandibular shift. This is one of the reasons why crossbites are one of the leading causes of TMJ, as long as they're allowed to stay. She has an anterior uh, open bite and a tongue thrust. And, so, and, the, and the parents were very upset by the way she smiled. And they actually insisted that I, I do everything I can to, to help their daughter. And the appliances are very simple. At this age, I'm using simple quad helixes over a long period of time, seeing the patient about once every six weeks, to allow the mandible to slowly realign and adjust to the correction in the, in the crossbite. And then after that, you have to address the tongue thrusting, which is the same appliance that helps get rid of the, the thumb sucking. And it's simply another quad helix with three anti-tongue thrust loops. There's nothing sharp. It's a totally passive appliance, but it has to stay there until anterior teeth are erupted enough to form a new valve to confine and contain the tongue. 
and to make sure that the tongue doesn't do any lateral movements to create lateral open bites. So with two very simple appliances, can you see now how with a little serial deciduous extractions and a little uh, uh, guiding the teeth, uh, the primitive teeth in, this could be a very viable and very easy Invisalign teen candidate. So the goals for preparing the phase one patient for Invisalign are simply to ensure symmetrical permanent tooth uh, eruption through serial deciduous extractions, to control the habits, to make sure that the patient is relieved of all the cross bites as early as possible, to monitor the tooth arch discrepancies and address them, to certainly address and take care of, if possible, the skeletal discrepancies. And more importantly, and the reason why I redline this is, be cognizant throughout the process of the interincisal angles. For some reason, as I've been helping and assisting orthodontists across the country, especially when they get into trouble with their, their Invisalign cases, there seems to be a loss of the, uh, the understanding or the critical nature of the interincisal angle. Steiner uh, showed a long time ago that there's a physiological range that is anywhere from 125 to 135 degrees. When interincisal angles are left outside of the ranges, they become very problematic for any orthodontic case. And although this is obviously not a, a, a teen Invisalign case, it really underlines the point that I'm trying to make. This is a case that uh, uh, orthodontist asked me to help uh, assist on when he was in the middle of Invisalign treatment and he got into trouble. The patient's posterior opened up and she started getting some myogenic and, uh, symptoms of TMJ. Uh, I didn't even have to look at the case to see that the interincisal angle was steep and it actually turned out to be close to 150. I understand what the orthodontist was uh, trying to accomplish uh, in failing to recognize the Bolton discrepancy with the diminutive lateral incisors. All he tried to do was close the spaces and make the case more aesthetic for the patient without doing anything in the, in the mandible. But by steepening the interincisal angle, it caused a reposturing of the mandible, and it creates an open bite. And so the, the conventional wisdom now is all you have to do is use vertical elastics and close them. But if you mount this case on a dental articulator to elaborate on and elucidate the true hinge, you're going to find that they actually have a, a posterior open bite that you probably drive a truck through. And so locking them, uh, the occlusion into a situation like this is really locking the occlusion into a mandible that's distracted and the condyles are probably slightly out of their sockets. So if you take anything from this presentation, I would exhort you to be cognizant of the fact that steepening of the inner incisal angle by over-retraction of the incisors can result in posterior open bites that can lead to a whole host of problems. More importantly, it will also force you to try to use auxiliaries, which really complicates your Invisalign experience. And if you're cognizant throughout the entire process and that should be from the very beginning of watching your interincisal angle, I guarantee that your Invisalign experience is going to be ultimately more rewarding. So let's get back to phase one to Invisalign. So here I am. You can take a look at that sweet little girl's chin. This is a, a, the, the, hard, the most complicated class three skeletal malocclusion that I ever treated with Invisalign. But I started in the phase one excursion. You can see the lower incisors are already rabbited back and I knew that this is going to take a lot of arch development over the entire course of her, her growth experience. And so uh, all it was was man just managing that. And so as she continued to grow, I would 
correct or try to keep those incisors and be cognizant of the interincisal angle. And I use a lot of sagittals. And they're very simple appliances. The patients don't seem to mind wearing them. I get excellent cooperation with them. And even on the lower, you can see the indentation behind those lower incisors after she removed her sagittal as a, uh, preparing her Invisalign. And so when the teen Invisalign pilot program was introduced in April of 2008, and I got a call from Align Tech asked me if I was interested in participating. They also said, do you happen to have any class three cases? And I said, why, yes, I do. So I was ready to embark on the Invisalign experience for this patient as my first teen pilot using the Invisalign teen product. And this case worked out with a reasonable result. But because she's a growing class three, you're not really out of the woods until the patient is completely finished maturating and growing. And so I followed her for another year and a half, and the case seemed to hold up very well. This is a daughter of a dentist, and he couldn't understand for a year and a half why daughter's teeth weren't uh, coming through, but with a, a huge thumb-sucking uh, habit and had caused a, a crossbite, and she had an open bite that you could drive a truck through. Uh, the only way those teeth were going to come back if you got rid of the tongue, uh, tongue influence. Since we swallow on an average of 2,000 times a day and the, strongest, the tongue is the strongest muscle in the human body, it's very easy to see why this could create such a severe open bite. But the appliances are simply the same. I used a quad helix with anti-tongue thrust loops that stayed there and for a long time as the anterior teeth came in. It was a simple 4 by 2 for six months and then finished with simply developing the arches with sagittals until she was ready for her Invisalign experience. And the tongue is back in, the, in where it's supposed to be in its vault. So now she's ready to embark on Invisalign experience. And 12 months later, she had a very reasonable Invisalign result. That was uh, easy for both of us. A lot of uh, orthodontists will ask me how I engage with class twos. And so the first step is to determine whether it's a vertical class two, and there's certainly a lot of them out there, or a horizontal or sometimes a combination platter. And in this situation, she had a bit of a combination of both, so you want to address both of those situations. Since the posterior teeth uh, actually uh, erupt at approximately 0.8 millimeters per year, if we can do everything to confine and contain those and just allow the anteriors to grow, you've got a good chance of allowing the mandible to hinge forward and reducing the overjet significantly as long as you can address that during the patient's pubescent growth spurt. So it's a simple ALM. Uh, got a, a, I use a lot of transpalatal bars with acrylic buttons, so as every time they swallow, there's this intrusive force on, on the first molars. And when controlling the, uh, the extraction of the primary molars, uh, you get an immediate shutdown and advancement of the mandible in a lot of these vertical cases. Uh, I, I learned at an early uh, portion of the phase one to try to clean up the uh, actual inclinations to make my Invisalign experience easier. And so, and then I also had a, a sagittal just to develop in an anteroposterior dimension and distort the dental alveolar component in the mandible so that I can help get her into a situation where she's all ready to allow Invisalign to excel at doing what it does best, getting excellent arch form and finishing the interincisal angle. And so her Invisalign experience was very easy and was finished in 14 short months. A lot of uh, orthodontists ask me how I, engage, how I get cooperation from males. And I think the answer to that is engage them, get to know them in the phase one experience. This is a quiet young man. He's been quiet ever since I've known him. But with his crossbite and his uh, and, and mandibular shift and his asymmetric eruption of the, post, uh, the permanent teeth, 
uh, it was just the same type of approach. Get the expansion with Haas RPEs, the little sagittal expansion. I did a quick four by two to get the axial inclinations just on the maxillary anteriors for six months. Got out of the case and then just made sure that the arches are developed enough so that when it was time for his Invisalign experience, it was short, sweet. And now at this particular point in time as a football player, not interested in any fixed appliances at any point. So he had a very reasonable Invisalign result in a sh uh, short amount of time, 10 to 11 months of treatment. So why is this approach so relevant for the 21st century teen treatment? Well, first of all, it appears that girls are beginning to hit puberty at ages as early as 7 and 8. So if we're planning on tackling any type of uh, skeletal malocclusions, when these kids come into the door at 11, 12, and 13, a lot of times the game's over and you can't really have the amount of impact that you have. More importantly, and concomitant with these kids maturing a lot earlier than they did as little as 15 years ago, they're coming with a, a degree of sophistication that we've never seen in their entire lives. In addition, in this age of Twitter shortened attention spans, it's really tantamount to get these kids uh, into treatment at an earlier time, so when it's time to when they hit their teens, you can get them. Uh, you can really truncate the amount of time that they're in treatment with Invisalign. So more importantly, at this particular point, these kids are getting so sophisticated, and they're they, and, and so tuned and aware of what's out there and what's available to them that the sophistication has gotten worse with time. And then on top of that, there's now appears what is what I call the metal allergy conundrum. I'm fortunate enough to be in the backyard of the Mayo Clinic and unfortunate enough to have a patient, an adult patient that has squamous cell carcinoma, that the clinic has appeared to be uh, finding a, a correlation between dental materials, any type of metal, and squamous cell carcinoma. And when I was talking to the uh, chief researcher, uh, researcher of that uh, clinic, he was uh, conveying to me uh, that during the process of their research, they're finding that uh, teens and preteens are beginning to develop metal allergies, specifically nickel. The reason why it appears to be that these kids are getting pierced at an early age. They uh, submit these piercings with cheap jewelry that has nickel in it. And what happens is the, the, the perspiration from the skin and the oils uh, combine with the nickel and they elicit an immunological response. And so all of a sudden you've got a, a metal contact allergy. And this is happening earlier and earlier to the point where when he first shared this uh, off-the-record information, he felt that from the data that he was looking at, it seems that already 14% of females and 7 to 9% of males are demonstrating patent allergies to metals. So what do you think is going to happen as this continues to expand and becomes made aware to the public? Already I'm getting patients. Uh, parents would come in and say, can't have any metal because he has an allergy to nickel. And every single orthodontic appliance has some type of nickel in it. So what are the specific advantages for the doctor as to why treatment planning for Invisalign should begin during the phase one experience? Well, absolutely, it they reduces the complexity of the ClinCheck, and I'm going to show you an example in a minute. It reduces the amount of IPR significantly. It absolutely reduces the time in Invisalign treatment, and I think better suits the needs of the 21st century teen orthodontic patient. There's additional benefits of phase one to Invisalign. First of all, it establishes a high degree of certainty as to which patients are eventually going to become excellent Invisalign teen candidates. 
It also creates an atmosphere of internal marketing that generates an ongoing stream of Invisalign referrals. It also serves to enhance the capacity to offer and to achieve ready acceptance of Invisalign team as a phase two treatment of choice and to increase the efficiency and profitability of Invisalign treatment without compromise. So let me break this down for you just a little bit more and talk about the establishment of a high degree of certainty of which patients are going to become excellent patients. And this is a clear example. This poor young boy was just uh, so embarrassed by uh, uh, his malocclusion with the teeth uh, protruding the way they are and being made fun in school. So he would do anything to have that change. So he was a very willing candidate for phase one treatment. And it was simply a matter of placing a four by two and re getting him back into a better situation, not ideal, but better, and to do a little development of his uh, arches and get him uh, ready throughout the, the phase one experience for, as a potential Invisalign candidate. But during this time, I watched him grow up to be quite the techno nerd. So recognizing that, I continue to express and to emphasize the technological and the 21st century aspects of Invisalign teen treatment to the point where he's very excited about it. So when it came time, I, I expressed some reluctance uh, to him saying, geez, I don't know, Alex, if you can actually handle the Invisalign team because I'm going to actually have to ask you to wear some elastics because you have a mid mandibular midline shift and it's going to take elastics to correct that midline. And he said, Dr. Brigham, I'll do it. I'll do anything you say. I, I want the Invisalign. I want that 21st century technology. And so he, he was even nice enough to allow me to put some metal buttons on just so I can use this for teaching purposes because I find that sometimes uh, uh, Participants in the back of the room can't see the ceramics that we normally use. So uh, I just put these buttons on to show that this is how we correct midline discrepancies. We always use short class twos to minimize the vertical component of extrusion that happens with all elastics. And it, it gets a faster and more effective shift so that once the shift is corrected and it doesn't take long, then you go to vertical elastics, and that's where we use our ceramic either buttons or sometimes I, if I'm out of buttons, I'll just throw on ceramic brackets to get put vertical to lock in the canine to get canine protected occlusion. And it just makes it a really nice Invisalign experience for both of us. And this is the retention, just the lower three to three and upper one to one. Find that with Invisaligns that have uh, teens that have gone through the phase one experience, I don't have to glue teeth together. They find that I get greater stability and I, I think I'm more pleased with the final results. In this particular case, I, I'm very reluctant always to show fees because they vary widely across the board. But nevertheless, I'm always asked the first question, well, what do you charge or how do you charge? And basically, all of my fees, whether it's with Invisalign or fixed appliances or phase one, are based on what I anticipate to be the degree of difficulty of the case and how long the patients are going to be with me. So with this young man, I, I suspected that he'd be with me for a, a significant period of time because he's so young. I simply used maxillary and mandibular 4x2 fixed appliances to get, my, uh, get those teeth uprighted into a better situation. I finished with a little bit of a mandibular uh, sagittal to, bring the, uh, to distort the dental alveolar component a little bit in, in AP direction. And I just held them together, uh, held the arch form with a Nansen loop lingual. And so when it was time for his Invisalign teen treatment, we were able to do, uh, complete it in 10 months. The only auxiliaries that I used were what you saw, the elastics and the buttons. So when it comes to creation of an atmosphere of internal marketing that generates an ongoing stream of Invisalign referrals, very nice. When this patient first came in, she was already asking and inquiring about Invisalign team. 
and said, well, you're not quite ready for it, but if you'll consider going through a phase one, I think we can get you to that point. So she had a very reasonable phase one experience, and she's ready to allow Invisalign to do what it did best, and get great arch form, finest the axial inclinations, and from that I got a very reasonable Invisalign result. Her total uh, phase one treatment was 29 months. All I used was a maxillary 4x2 appliance. These usually go about six to nine months. You get in and get out, and then I'm just caressing the arch forms with either sagittals or sometimes a, a Schwartz or a Haas RPE, always being cognizant of the intraincisal angle. So when it was came time for Invisalign teen treatment, the length of treatment was truncated to 11 months and absolutely no auxiliary use, not even elastic. So what do you think happens when you have a reasonable result like that? When, when her sister came in, she said, can I have Invisalign too? And I said, well, if you go through a successful phase one experience, I think we can, we can uh, take you to Invisalign. So she was a very cooperative patient. Uh, we got reasonable uh, phase one experience, and now she's ready for her Invisalign experience. She had a very reasonable result and that was pretty effortless on my part, and I think effortless on her part. The total treatment time in phase one was only 18 months. Once again, just using a maxillary 4x2 for six to nine months to get the axillary inclinations as best as I could. Uh, and finished with a little bit of watching that intraincisal angle by using maxillary and mandibular sagittal. Uh, the Invisalign teen treatment, uh, the, the fee reflected the, uh, uh, the, the family discount that I did. And um, it was uh, 10 months and no elastics, no auxiliaries, nothing but Invisalign. So what do you think happens here? You get a good result. Here she is two years later on her way to college, obviously not wearing her uh, maxillary retainer. But I find that I get better results, more uh, stable results, when you get them early and you don't allow things to get out of control. It makes everyone's life more easy and you can breathe easier and uh, you don't have to glue teeth together. So what do you think happens after you've got two sisters that have gone through Invisalign? The third one walks in and says, can I have Invisalign too? But this time, now her father was, comes up and says, do you think I'd be a good Invisalign candidate? So we put her father through Invisalign while she was going through her phase one experience. And she had a reasonable phase one experience, and now she's ready for Invisalign. And, her and she's about to embark on that while her father says, let me pay off my case first before we start hers. But she's a, a very willing, and I think she'll be a reasonable Invisalign teen experience. So in addition... One of the benefits of phase one Invisalign is that it simply enhances the capacity to offer and to achieve with ready acceptance of Invisalign teen as the phase two treatment of choice and to increase the efficiency and profitability of Invisalign teen treatment without compromise. And I think this is a classic example. Here's this young fellow. He's, uh, he's got a class two component with a vertical component that I'm going to have to address by watching uh, and holding down those posterior teeth allow the mandible to swing forward. And it's the same thing. Uh, you can say I, I use a lot of transpalatal bars with acrylic buttons because they have such a wonderful intrusive force and they don't irritate the tongue the way a TP bar does, oftentimes does without an acrylic button. Use a lot of loop linguals just to hold and maintain. If the second molars come in early, then I'll just uh, put, uh, give them an ALM with a little uh, finger occlusal rest to hold things down. And uh, the important part of this is serial deciduous extraction taking out the primary second molars at the appropriate time 
so the canines can, can come downward and backward and drop into a class one, hopefully. And when you do that, then, uh, so six months uh, uh, before I, was, I anticipated starting with Invisalign, I went back just to make my Invisalign experience a little bit easier and do another Haas RPE in. There was no additional charge for that. I did all the turning myself so I can control the amount of development that I wanted. Uh, he was more than willing to do that because he knew what was coming, Invisalign and no braces. And so now he was ready at this point to embark on, on his Invisalign experience, and he had a very reasonable result. This is when we finished, and we were just about to take off all of the attachments. Total uh, time in treatment for the phase one, 23 months. All I used was a maxillary 4x2, once again. I used a lot of TP bars and loop linguals. I used the Haas RPE just six months in anticipation of when I thought he'd be starting Invisalign Team. And once again, the, the, the Invisalign Team C reflects the fact that his sister came up and started phase one treatment just about around the same time that he started Invisalign. And once again, the treatment time truncated with Invisalign, short, sweet, very enjoyable for both of us. No auxiliaries used whatsoever, no elastics, uh, no brackets, no nothing but Invisalign. And once again, I've, I'm, this is not about ClinCheck, but if you'd like to go back and take a look at the exact language that I used to get from uh, day one to the final treatment result, uh, I've posted it here for you so you can review it later on. But what I'd like to point out is take a look at the ClinCheck. It was nothing. It was very minimal for me, made things very easy for me, and uh, I think made it a little bit easier for my uh, Costa Rican tech. Now, when it comes to financing for Invisalign team, what we invariably do is we provide Invisalign fee, and then we break out the retention treatment because all of us, we want the patients to understand that when they're finished with their Invisalign, we're going to be following closely for two years. And the two years includes all of our visits. Uh, we usually see them once uh, every six weeks initially. Then we go to three months, six months, and then once a year. And, uh, and it all depends on the case. Uh, the, the easier the case, the less I see them or the less I have to ride herd over them. And uh, more importantly, this includes all of our, any and all the retainers that are necessary during that, uh, that two-year treatment protocol following the Invisalign experience. We offer in-house payment plans. Uh, in addition, we, uh, we either buy a check or um, credit card. Uh, uh, in this economic environment, we're more flexible than we've ever been to ensure that the patient gets the treatment that they deserve. Uh, if, and we also uh, offer them a third-party financing with Chase Health Advance, which has been a huge part of our practice. Uh, I think Dave Boshkin was the first one that presented that across the country. And I just followed his lead, and uh, it's uh, worked out beautifully for us, and it really helps patients out. They can spread a monthly payment out from 24 months to as much as 48 months. It's really been a, a, a great help to our Invisalign team practice, and I would highly recommend it. So there are multiple opportunities to emphasize and reinforce the benefits, advantages, and convenience of Invisalign team to both patients and parents alike throughout their experience. When patients come in, uh, since everyone's invariably nosy, we keep these uh, uh, notebooks out on the desk. And invariably, when I come in for a consultation, they're already paging through that to see before and after. And invariably, they'll find something that really mimics uh, their own condition. They'll say, well, that looks just like me. And that's a great way to start conversation about Invisalign team. Uh, when we're after we're finished with our phase one, but we're still connected with the patient, we'll see them once every three or four months uh, to reconnect with the patient. 
if uh, we if it's an Invisalign team that's into sports, then when we send a reminder card, uh, we'll send a little reminder to l uh, let them know what's coming down the pike for them and what to look forward to with the Invisalign team product. Same thing with young girls. Uh, so many young girls are so involved with sports that we just uh, remind them that instead of braces, they can look forward to Invisalign team. Uh, we we don't do a lot of marketing, but uh, we try to really do target marketing. And uh, so it's, uh, I always like to have uh, cheerleaders at uh, both football uh, games and basketball games during halftime throw out little uh, balls, that uh, footballs or uh, basketballs that uh, we get through uh, some of the auspices of what Invisalign has to offer in their marketing. And uh, this has worked out extremely well, especially when we're offering Invisalign team specials. And we've now been working closely for quite a while with Now Media Group to the point where when, Visline, uh, when patients click on clear uh, brackets, instead of having to go through my entire website, they go to my Invisalign Mini website, which uh, Mark Romano from Now Media Group has uh, set up for us and is constantly updating and caressing it and making it more user-friendly for the patient. And it's really helped us out because it focuses the patients on what they're there for. They don't have to be sidetracked or distracted with anything else. And, of course, with social media marketing, and I, once again, I think Dave Boschkin is the whiz on that, but uh, we followed his lead, and uh, we've done everything that we can to have a, a very reasonable Facebook page. And with the help of Now Media, we've been able to constantly update it and make it more relevant uh, with time and to respond to the, uh, the burgeoning uh, Invisalign team patient uh, who's, who's very uh, savvy with regard to social media. So the Phase 1 Invisalign strategy offers an opportunity to generate a constant stream of viable Invisalign team cases that ensure maximally profitable and clinically optimal results. It establishes a productive relationships with patients that allow Invisalign team to be held out throughout the entire Phase 1 experiences as a reward for Phase 1 cooperation. And finally, it provides ongoing internal marketing of Invisalign that can really generate not only teen Invisalign cases, but we can also get their adult parents to uh, engage in Invisalign too. So in my opinion, Invisalign already has and will continue to change the face of both orthodontic treatment and the profession. And Invisalign teen has already opened the door to treatment for a whole new genre of 21st century teens that is adversely you know, that's totally adverse to fixed appliances of any kind. And in my opinion, I think Invisalign is 21st century orthodontics at its finest. It's no small thing to take your time and uh, set aside from your practice and sit down through a whole hour of this dog and pony show. But I appreciate your attention, and I thank you for uh, joining me this experience.